Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mindset Magic. I'm your host, Andy Colleen, an entrepreneur, life, and mindset coach. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what it takes to claim true personal freedom for yourself. So before we get into the episode, I want you to ask yourself that vision that you have been craving lately, whether it be to make your own business or to go off and travel the world or just get a higher position at your company, or maybe it's to find a relationship. I want you to take a second and examine some of those goals that you have in your life. And I want you to ask yourself what feeling do you think you will have, or what feeling are you craving if you were to actually accomplish that thing? And so what I mean by this is that everything we do in our life is not actually motivated by the thing that we want to accomplish. It's motivated by the feeling we think that thing is going to bring to us once we accomplish the thing. And so we're not actually craving the relationship. We're craving the feeling we think having a relationship will give us. We're not actually craving money. We're craving the feeling that we think having money will bring to us. And you can go over and over with that, with whatever it is that you're working towards. And so I want you to ask yourself before we jump into this, with the goals that you have in your life right now, what feelings come up on the other end? And if you're listening to this, just maybe pause this for a second, like take a couple minutes to actually think about what's coming up for you. And then we can continue on. So if any of the feelings that actually came up to you were anything along the lines of freedom or relief or expansion, this is probably going to be a really good episode for you to listen to because we're going to be talking about what the cost of personal freedom really is. A lot of my clients come to me because something that they're craving more of in their life is freedom, right? They want their life to be theirs, not someone else's theirs. And a lot of the like positions that they put themselves in actually end up taking away their freedom or perceivedly taking away their freedom. And so over the last, I'd say like five to seven years, I've been doing a lot of work on my own to give myself a sense of freedom in my own life. And in the more recent years, like the last several years of my coaching business, I've been helping other people do the same. And so this episode is going to be talking a little bit more about that. What do you actually need to be able to do in order to claim that sense of personal freedom for yourself? Because it's not just as simple, unfortunately, as saying, I want that and watching it come into you. It's not like you can just kind of snap your fingers and it'll be there. There's a level of intention that needs to kind of go into that. And you have to understand that there are sacrifices that are sometimes needing to be made in order to get there. And so that's what this episode is going to be about. So if any of those feelings came up for you, let's, let's just jump into it. Now to start off, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my own journey into a more free life for myself. And when I say a more free life, what I mean is that I feel free in my life. I don't mean that I have more freedoms or that there's anything actual that changed, although that did happen for me over time. But the big thing to remember when it comes to personal freedom is that it's perceived. It's what you believe you have available to you. And it's how you see your life. It's essentially your, your perspective on how free you are. And so with my life, a lot of my story. If you have listened to any other episode on this podcast, you've probably heard I used to work in a big corporate firm 
out in Washington, D.C. Um, I joined right out of college. It was my dream job. And even in college, I had worked really, really hard, actually even before college, to get into a job like this. I grew up understanding that this was kind of like the top of the top to get to. And if you can get there, like that's really amazing for you. And so my goal was set on working for this big corporate consulting firm. And I ended up getting a position with this particular firm out in Washington, DC. I took it. I worked there for a couple of years and never in my life did I feel less free than I did then. And I would say that my my like perceived lack of freedom wasn't just in that company. It didn't just dawn on me then. It actually dawned on me probably as early as like middle school, maybe even high school. And when I was in that kind of time in my life, that didn't get me as much because I thought that I was working towards something. And once I got that thing, everything would be okay. That thing being the job. So I kept telling myself, yeah, it sucks right now. It's hard right now. Life is like really, really like difficult. And I have to abide by all these rules like getting good grades and doing all the classes and all the extracurriculars and listening to my parents and X, Y, Z, whatever else came up. And in that time in my life, when I was doing that, I just kept saying, but it'll end when I get to that, that end point that I've been working towards. And so my motivating like driver for probably, I don't know, five, 10 years of my life was getting that corporate job. And when I finally got there, I felt so excited at first because we had all these new perks to us, right? We got a corporate Amex. So we just like went out on happy hours and there was about a hundred people of the same age as me that all started at the same same time. So you have like a bunch of new friends, you're going out all the time. Like they set, they send you to a training, like out in another state and you all just like basically have a bunch of fun together. And then you get into your projects, like the real work that you have to be doing there. And in the beginning of that, it's even exciting. Cause you're like, Ooh, I'm doing like really legit stuff, right? Like this is what I've been working towards. And then you realize that you didn't really know what you've been working towards. And that was kind of where everything crashed for me because the newness wore off. And I was like, I'm in this city. I don't really know anybody here. And I'm working at this job that is like honestly terrible with management that was not very good or nice to me. And that was just kind of luck of the draw, right? That wasn't a reflection of the whole company. I just unfortunately got stuck on some jobs where I was working with managers that did not treat me very well. It was a lot of mental manipulation and a lot of like, just like really interesting dynamics to help get people to work. And I didn't want to be working or be there anymore. And so long story short with that is I ended up feeling just so utterly trapped because I felt like I had no options. I was in this position that I had worked for my entire life and I didn't have any other goal to say, this is why this sucks. I just had to kind of say, okay, this sucks. Like now what? And because I had never let myself kind of consider what's beyond this or never really asked myself like, what do I want in my life? I felt like I was kind of at an end point because I didn't have another goal that seemed exciting for me. And I didn't really know what to do in this position where it felt like everyone else was setting the rules for me. And so it took a little bit of time, but at that time, like I almost trapped myself even more because I had some disordered eating patterns that really started to develop and get even stronger. And I really started to just rely on exercise and like tracking my eating 
eating in order to be okay. So then I was trapping myself in a whole nother way. I was almost like shifting my focus because in my mind, I couldn't eat a cookie or I couldn't have a glass of wine and eat food. And there were all of these kind of like rules that were playing out where if I broke them, then I would get really, really angry at myself or I would have a panic attack or I would end up having to run extra the next day. And so I was like basically living in all these mental traps and a lot of us do this like this probably you might not have had the same circumstances as me but you've probably identified at least a point in your life if it isn't right now where you've set up traps for yourself and what i mean by that is that you're in a position where people are not treating you well and you don't think you have another option right it feels like you're trapped maybe you feel trapped by any religious values, right? I know that that sometimes comes up for people. They have a belief system and that belief system actually traps them because they feel like there's right and wrong available to them. And that perception of right and wrong is absolutely horrifying because what if you do the wrong thing, then there's something wrong with you. Then you break the trap. And it's kind of like, how do I self-punish myself to be okay again? Some people might have had it in eating, right? Like a lot of us have grown up with food rules, like there's good or bad foods, there's right or wrong things to eat, right or wrong times to eat. And there's just different like little rules in our head that we're living by. You might also see them in relationships. Like I can and can't do that with my person or in order to get a person, I can and can't do that. And I've even seen these rules play out in kind of just general societal beliefs. So you have like the belief that if you say a certain thing, it's going to offend someone else. And therefore there's something wrong with you for doing it. And you almost feel trapped. Like you have to be like walking on eggshells for what you're saying when you're around people, or maybe it's like certain groups of people, you just don't want to offend anyone. And so you feel trapped. You feel like you have to be super careful around anyone you're talking to. And when these traps come up, right? Like you might've identified them in these areas or other areas of your life. But when these traps come up, the reason why like they feel so debilitating is because they're essentially saying there's so many things you can't do. And no matter what the outside world is doing, you actually could do those things. You're the one who's stopping yourself from actually doing it. So for example, with food, right with me and the, the disordered eating, I had a rule in my mind that I could not eat more than, I don't know, like I had like six small meals that I was allowed to have throughout the day. One of them being like a banana. So it was like a banana and then a bar. And I had like these times where I could eat them and I could only have certain versions of that. And so if I, like in my mind, I told myself like, oh, you're hungry at 10. Well, your, your bar can't be eaten until 10 30 or 11. And in my mind, this was like, this was like a law, right? It was like written in stone. Like to me, that felt like it was inconceivable that if someone brought in donuts or a cupcake to the office, that I could actually have a bite of that before a certain amount, certain time, if at all, because I had to have my bar at like 11 or whatever it was. And I perceived that rule as absolutely unbreakable to the sense of if I broke it, I would get really panicky and anxious to the point of not being able to control myself. I would, in order to like kind of rid myself of that anxiety, I would usually go home and work out for like another hour or so after work when I had already done that before work. And so in my mind, I was trapped, right? In my mind, I couldn't do that. There was good and bad, right and wrong in the food choices I made. And if I made a wrong one, I had to punish myself. And 
that is not true to the outside perspective, right? The guy that was sitting in the office with me that we would talk always ate cupcakes. If I had told him what was going on in my mind at that time, he probably would have looked at me like I had six heads because to him, there is no good or bad food, right? Or if there was, it might've been different. But the point of this is that that rule that I created for myself that limited my sense of freedom actually was created. It wasn't something that someone did for me or forced me into, and it wasn't written in stone. And I bring this up because a lot of our lack of freedom is actually self-created, which means that we can change that. It might be hard, but when we start to acknowledge the fact that our perceived freedom is actually our responsibility, we can actually make a change for it. We don't have to live with that anymore. And that's what I want to talk a little bit more about because there's a cost to that, right? It's not easy. At that moment in my life, you couldn't have just told me, hey, like you're crazy. That's not a rule. Eat the bar, eat the cupcake, whatever it was, because I had been so ingrained to see that as wrong and right, to see that as bad or good. And so part of the cost of personal freedom, part of what it takes to actually be personally free is starting to get really raw with yourself and say, in what ways is my personal freedom actually being held back? And how is that my responsibility? And that's hard because sometimes you're going to look and say, well, it's actually not my responsibility, right? Like in the case of that job for me, I had a manager who was literally playing head game. She almost got fired from the firm several times. I found out after I had left that project and she had done similar things. And I actually worked with a manager in the future who had had her like years before and was just telling me horrid stories. And the point of this is that I wasn't crazy, right? The manager actually was putting really strict guidelines on me. She was actually being a little bit borderline abusive with the people that worked for her. And she was not being an amazing manager. I did have rules to work a certain amount of time. I did have to go to a place that made me feel pretty unsafe, just like the location of the office I was in at that time. I did have like someone directly tell me you cannot leave this project or your career will be over here and you'll be like blacklisted from this firm forever. And remember, like I really cared about this job at the time. So that, that was like a really scary thing for me. And so all of those things I was hearing were true. Like objectively that was being said to me, but where the personal freedom comes in is that no matter what that lady said, I had the choice to listen to it. I had the choice to actually take that as fact or not. And I did at that time, knowingly or unknowingly, I chose to believe her because that was kind of how I had lived my life. I took everyone else's truths as fact before looking at my own truth and saying, does this actually match what I want for my life? Is this actually aligned? And so a huge part of personal freedom requires us to get super honest with ourselves and say, Hey, how are you setting this up for yourself? Are you the one that's making this happen in any way? Because I guarantee you part of what's going on right now is that you're making a choice to say, yeah, in this job, that manager, she's ruling my life. And yeah, this job sucks. And like, I just don't have any control anymore, but saying that you don't have any control is a choice. Now it's a hard choice, right? Like to leave that job I went through, um, cause it was consulting. So when I say job, I mean, leave the project that I was on and go work for another client with another team. It's essentially like you're working for a bunch of like mini jobs in the same company. And 
when I left that, that job, I went through like three to four months of just like mental games that actually did hurt my performance in the company. It hurt my raises. It hurt my promotions and salaries. And it, it hurt a lot of things. Like it, it did come with a cost, right? But I didn't. And I made that choice because on the other end, I came to this point of saying, okay, my personal freedom is my own. Like if I want to live like this and I want to be in this job, then I have to take responsibility for it. And I have to take responsibility even for how she's treating me because I am letting her treat me like that. And I am not leaving. I'm not saying anything about it. And that is where personal freedom gets hard because that requires you to stand up against people that are on the outside. It requires you to acknowledge that you might not have a lot of control over your future or yourself. And a lot of times it requires us to step into a lot of uncertainty because we don't know how it's going to play out. A lot of times when we're in a position where we feel like we have no personal freedom or we're lacking it, right? Like if you're craving personal freedom or freedom in any sense, like abundance, excitement, adventure, joy, all of it, then you're probably in some sort of position where it feels like you have no options right now. Or even if you see them as options, they feel too scary because there's an unknown factor that's coming up on the other end. And sometimes that in itself is actually going to keep us from being able to make the move and take that next step. And that in itself is scary because when we don't know what's coming, we have to basically choose freedom over certainty. And that's not a choice that we find very comfortable often because we've been trained to value certainty above all else because certainty is the known. It's the comfort zone. It's the place in our life that makes us feel like we're actually safe, like physically safe, mentally safe, and emotionally safe. And our body always wants safety. Like that's what our body is constantly working towards. And so it makes sense why it's hard for us to see in these positions that there are options and even harder for us to choose those other options that might like fingers crossed, give us more freedom. But part of the cost of personal safety is saying, I value the potential for freedom over the position I'm in. I see that Right now, there has to be a risk associated with this because otherwise I wouldn't be able to kind of go there. There's sacrifice there, right? And that's what usually stops people. It stops them because even if they're able to acknowledge that this is something that they are responsible for, seeing the other side and being able to move through the risk is too hard for them because there's a lot of fear that's coming up and there's a lot of questioning. And there's probably a little bit of a belief system underneath there that says, hey, we value in this society knowing what's going on. We value certainty. We value logic and stability and all of these things. And so when that belief system is really ingrained in you, even if you don't want it anymore, that's going to be playing into your choices and your decisions in terms of taking a risk and seeking personal freedom for yourself. There's a principle called loss aversion in decision theory, which explains why it's so hard for us to take a risk like that, like a risk for our personal freedom. Because a lot of times we look at that and we're like, yeah, I want to do it. But when the moment comes to actually taking the risk, like leaving the job or starting to defeat those food rules or actually just moving, right? Like going to that place you want to go whatever it is for you, when that risk comes up in the actual decision point to say, okay, like, are you going to do this or not? A lot of us perceive the pain of losing as greater than the gain from winning. So if you were to lose $5, 
that would be more painful than if you gained that same $5. And that's what loss aversion basically states. It's showing the cognitive bias in our brain, which means that it's harder for us to perceive winning at something because our brain actually perceives the gain we get from winning or receiving or succeeding as less than the pain we would get if we lost, even though logically it's the same $5, right? It's the same up and down. And so when we enter into those decision points, it's really like helpful to understand this, that your brain is not perceiving the situation objectively. It's perceiving the situation from your cognitive biases. And that is okay, right? That's part of it. And that's going to bring up a lot of those fear sensations in your body. But in those moments, it's actually your responsibility to look at that and say, I see you. I get it. I know why this is happening because I understand this and I'm going to choose to take the risk anyway. And that decision is yes, hard, but we have to understand how our brain works. We have to take responsibility for those feelings in our body and responsibility to actually starting to condition ourselves into seeing risk as an okay thing, understanding that it's all going to be okay in the end and understanding that the potential benefit that we're going to get from making this decision is oftentimes even greater than the perceived loss, but we can't see that far. And our brain has that cognitive bias, which makes it really hard for us to enter in and take risks in those situations. So let's talk a little bit more about what changed in order to give me a little bit greater of a sense of personal freedom, because right now I'm in a very different situation than I was when I was back in that job. And there was a lot of kind of like lucky breaks for me, but there were also, there was also a lot of intention put for some of it, because right now, if you're not familiar, I run my own coaching business. I'm completely self-employed. I currently make more than I did at that old corporate job. I love the work that I'm doing and I get to kind of just go wherever I want to go to do that, which was not the case at the time. I get to work with who I want to work with. Like I choose that on my end. And I, I think one of the bigger ones that has nothing to do with kind of like career, but everything to do with the food rules that were coming up for me, where is for me that I have a really healthy relationship with food and exercise. And I don't think twice about the food that I'm eating, really. Like I might like think about it when I'm in the grocery store or while I'm eating it. But when I'm going through my day-to-day, my day is not dictated by food or exercise choices. And for me, that was probably the greatest sense of personal freedom. And that was one of the ones that was like both intentional, but also kind of lucky that led me into this understanding of personal freedom. Because at the time, I didn't actually understand what this work was or what it meant. And so because I have all of these freedoms right now, right? Financial freedom, time freedom, um, work freedom, food freedom, space freedom, like personality freedom, right? I'm more me now than I ever was like all those years ago when I was in that corporate job. Because I have that, I can kind of like look back at the path and say like, what got me here? Like, what did I need to actually give up? What did I need to basically lose in order to have this newfound sense of freedom in my life. And I even like to kind of do these reflections for myself sometimes, because this is just one level of freedom that I know that I'm capable of. And so understanding those steps, right. Of how I got here are very helpful to be applied in the future to say, okay, now how can I intentionally create more of this? And when I reflect back on some of the things that I actually had to go through to do this, and I've seen these, these themes in my clients as well, One of the main ones is having to get really like 
clear on and almost like be humble on the fact that you do not know everything. A lot of us have these beliefs that are playing out in our mind that we don't even realize our beliefs. And because we don't realize it, we feel a little offended when someone calls us out on them and we feel like there's no way we can change it. This is kind of how you might feel if there's like no way in your mind that you would be able to do like just leave your job or travel across the world or like, I don't know, like ask that guy out or just whatever it is for you. If you feel like those things are just so incomprehensible and you're like, I do not know how that'll happen. This might be what is kind of causing you to stay stuck because a huge part of my journey and like mine started with food, like understanding why was it that I felt so trapped by food? I had seen a therapist for a while and as wonderful as she was, I felt really stuck. And I ended up seeing this coach and doing this group coaching program that was incredibly helpful for me that helped me see that a lot of the ways that I thought were how the world worked, they weren't actually how the world worked. And that was why when I watched someone eat a donut at 10 AM, I was like, are you okay? Like, are you going to, are you going to survive? And I had like a little mental breakdown for them. And that seems crazy now. Like even saying it myself, I'm like, I cannot believe that that was part of my life. Cause it's such a different kind of perspective now, but that is how it was. That's really how I saw it. And it goes to show how our version of the world, our model of the world and how we perceive the world does not have to be true because it's not everyone's truth. And if it's not everyone's truth, no matter what you've been through so far, it doesn't have to be your truth, right? I lived for years with the mental model of this is how food works. This is what I have to do. This is how I like need to act to be loved. All of those things. And it wasn't until I actually started to basically like give myself permission to be wrong, like open myself up and say, okay, I'm going to trust as scary and uncomfortable as as it is that maybe I will be okay without some of these things. And I'm going to let myself feel all the feelings and go through all the shit that comes up with that. But I have to be able to take a back seat right now. I have to be able to admit that there might be another way of seeing this. That was probably some of the hardest work. And that is what needs to happen. That's one of the sacrifices that needs to happen. If you want more freedom in your life, you need to be able to look at yourself and say, I am willing to be wrong right now. And I'm willing to actually open my mind and feel all of the feelings that are coming up whenever they do come up in the process to getting there, because there's going to be discomfort here. There's going to be stuff that makes me feel a little shitty. And there's going to be stuff where I'm like, I don't know if I can part with that, but until we at least try to open up our mind to the fact that we are wrong or that we are at least not always right, we're never going to be able to change our perception of the world. And that perception of the world is what's going to allow us to make the decision to take the risk to have more freedom. It's also going to, going to allow us to perceive that we have more freedom in the moment. And so that's kind of like that second big thing that needs to happen in order to have more personal freedom for yourself is you need to be able to start to perceive that you already do have that freedom, right? Start to identify where in your life are you more free than you're giving yourself credit for. So for example, in that job, I could tell you that I had no freedom because I had a terrible boss and she just did everything to me. And I was totally at a loss and everyone gave me the pity party every single time because they were like, yeah, that, that really sucks. You're right. Like even like people way up in management said that to me, but at the end of the day, I needed to say, Hey, this is my responsibility. And I have the freedom to leave right now. I had to claim that idea of freedom and see it as freedom in order for me to actually have 
freedom, right? So there's this like backwards mentality that needs to happen if you actually want that for yourself. And sometimes we don't want it, right? Sometimes we want to stay in the pity party more than we actually want what we say we want. And that's okay, right? But it's just acknowledging that that's what you want in the moment and letting yourself go, letting yourself accept where you're at and roll with it. And there's nothing wrong with that approach either. Most of us don't want to stay in that approach though. Most of us actually do want more freedom and maybe it's freedom more in your time or your money or your experiences or your location. It could be honestly anything that you want more freedom in, but the same process applies. You have to be able to open your mind, see where you're not perceiving your freedom already, and then reclaim your freedom in the moments, even though the situation hasn't changed. And once you start to do that, then you start to make different choices. So when I perceived in that job that I had freedom, I started having conversations with people on, Hey, how can I get out of this role nicely, gently, and guarantee that I have another project or another place to work right after this? How can I maneuver these conversations in a way that feels more empowering and doesn't totally set my manager off? And That was very different than the conversations that I was having before, which were, I am so stuck. I hate my life. Why does work suck? Like, can someone please help me? Like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Like, I want to give up. Those were the conversations before. And you can hear the difference in just empowerment. The first ones that we were talking about, those more like proactive, open-minded ones are, how can I figure this out? How can I make freedom happen? Whereas the other ones were much more, this sucks. My life sucks. I don't know what to do. All of the things in the world are working against me. It was the same thing with food. When I decided that I wanted to actually change my relationship with food, I didn't always want to live in this mental prison. Part of what I had to do is say, you know what? I'm open to believing I can have a donut at 10 AM. And once I believe that, right, once I kind of just say, okay, I'm going to trust this, then I can actually bring it into action. And that meant Yes, having a donut at 10 a.m. And when all the fear was spiking up in my body, doing my best to calm myself down and say, hey, you're alive. Like, hey, no one's yelling at you. Hey, everything's good. So that I can kind of make it on. None of these were perfect. None of the instances of kind of claiming more freedom for myself were perfect. But every single one started to get the ball rolling for me to claim more of me, my personality and my life back so that I could see the next three steps ahead. That's the other thing to note, right? Like that's the other kind of sacrifice of claiming more freedom for yourself. It's the fact that you're not going to know where you're going. You're not going to have clarity. You're not going to have full certainty, at least probably not with the actual circumstances, but what you can find clarity in is that you're going to keep working towards that, that feeling, right? That more freedom, that more idea of your life is yours. And that was kind of what kept driving me. So that first kind of step of leaving that project didn't open many doors for me right away. It actually sent me into a different project because I was kind of just trying to jump, like close my eyes and just do it. And I wasn't actually allowing myself to get clear on who I was in the process or like kind of sit into that mindset work. That was a foreign concept to me at the time. And so it took me a couple projects, but I ended up kind of jumping from project to project into this coaching business, but I didn't even know what coaching was at that time. Right. And so it was an evolution and I couldn't have expected it to go perfectly right away, but I just trusted in like 
that the fact that the steps would open up to me as I went. And that was a very conscious intention at the time. I actually went back and read through some of my journals and a lot of the journal entries I had were around, Hey, this sucks, but I trust this is for a greater purpose. I trust that something else is going to happen from this. This is what feels right now, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's scary. And I trust that whatever it's meant to lead to, it's going to be okay. And that's a theme that I brought into a lot of these steps. And so having a level of self-trust and just general trust is going to be so vital for you as you try to reclaim your freedom, as you try to make your life a life that you actually love, that you actually want to be living and that you feel is uniquely yours. And so part of this work is going to have to be self-trust. Part of it is going to have to be looking into the future and saying, if I don't know the next three steps, that's okay. I know the next one. And I'm going to trust that this is going to open the right doors ahead of me, whether that be fear or judgment or rejection that's coming up, that's actually causing you to not want to take that next step. You're going to have to look it in the eye and say, I see you, I get you, I'm here for you, I'm with you and take it alongside of you as you make that next step. And that is uncomfortable. And that is the cost, right? Because a lot of us would rather let fear win and let fear dictate our decision and kind of sound the alarm bell for us to pause and stop for any move that we want to make. We would rather have that form of comfort and honestly, that form of discomfort than we would have the discomfort of saying, Hey, I'm going to move forward without complete clarity and trust that the right next steps are coming afterwards. So if you're in this place right now where you're looking for more freedom, you're knowing that there's kind of this cusp that you're on, that you're ready to kind of claim for yourself and you're ready to make more of your life, then think about this for a second, right? Where is it that your mind is actually perceiving the situation as more of a trap than it has to be? Where is it that you can start to perceive that you have more freedom than maybe you already feel like you do? And what decisions are your responsibility and are in your power to actually take? Take some time, journal on it, think about it, see what comes up and Then look at it and say, I'm ready to make these moves for myself. I'm ready to actually do more for myself because at the end of the day, there's nothing you're missing other than that. Other than the fact that some things take risk, some things take fear. And usually the things that take risk and that take fear are the ones that are most worthwhile, the ones that you're going to be most grateful for in the end. And they're the ones that you're going to want to continue to do, but you have to be able to take the first ones in order to get to those second, third, fourth, fifth ones. And so start to look at this as a lifestyle, start to look at this as something that is in your power and that you have the ability to change. And then just take that step, take that risk because you can, it's allowed. It's in your power and you have the freedom to do so now. So that is all we have for today's episode. I really hope this one landed with you. I know that wanting more freedom is a huge thing that a lot of us go through. I think it's most prevalent in probably the career areas, probably financial freedom, money freedom, location freedom. So just take some time to kind of reflect on it, see how it fits for you. If this episode really landed for you, I would love it if you could take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it so I can reshare it and we can spread the message to other people who need to hear it. If you really enjoyed the episode, I would also appreciate you sharing it with friends and family or going on to Apple or Spotify and leaving a rating and review. I absolutely love looking over the 
ratings and reviews. They make me so happy. So thank you for all of those who have left them. I'm really glad to hear that the podcast is landing with you. And that's the reason that I feel encouraged to continue to put it up. So thank you so much. And otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.